Hello and welcome to A Real God. Today we finish up our conversation with Jake Miller on how a life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll has brought him to Jesus and equipped him to help others with some of the same struggles with addiction. I'm uh, watching YouTube videos and uh, I'm sitting there watching corn videos and all of a sudden uh, Brian Welch's I Am Second video pops up in the and during the playlist you know he started talking about you know his his issue with drugs his issue with women so i mean just like thinking about you know the fact that he related to me but on this just massive scale i mean it was that that's when it really kind of i was like okay you know I, i started listening to it and still at this point, I hadn't figured out what the heck I am second meant. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be some, you know, Jesus video. And then, you know, and he's talking about how he found Jesus. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm already just like pulled into it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep listening. And it just, you know, he was just, you could see the expression on his face change. I mean, his eyes lit up. He got this smile. And I was like, I want that. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, right then and there, I called Dave and he's like, Hey, what's, what's up? And I'm like, I think I'm ready. He's like, ready for what? I was like, I want Jesus in my life. I was like, I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference. I was like, but at this point, you know, like even just a small minute chance, just some kind of hope at this point is what I need. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's like, all right. And I mean, right there in my living room, I got down on my knees on my couch, you know, and I'm just like, tears are just running down my face as he's leading me through this prayer. And uh, like, I, I didn't, a lot of people talk about, oh, I had this instant relief. Yeah. That, that's cool. I mean, if, if that happens to you, that's awesome. For me, it wasn't like that. It was kind of like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> and then Dave's like, read John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> and uh so I, I ended up end up opening my Bible and I didn't get to John. I got to Matthew, which mm-hmm. Matthew is still one of my favorite chapters because it's got so many red letters in it. Like, I mean, hearing Jesus' words, like I mean it's it's Jesus talking. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not somebody talking about Jesus talking like this is what Jesus said, you know? And it's like, that's kind of where, you know, things started to kind of hit me. I'm like, this guy was just a dude, you know? And I mean, granted he, he was God in man form, but he was a guy. He worked as a carpenter. He worked a blue collar job just like I had done. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, you know, he didn't live in some extravagant house. Carpenters don't live in extravagant houses unless they're contractors. But, I mean, you know, just kind of like, just, you know, just just reading some of the stuff that he had said, it just, it started to kind of hit me. You know, it's like, this guy lived this humble lifestyle, yet he was God. He was every bit as much God as he was man. And it just, I mean, that just blew my mind. Because mm-hmm. for me, like, I was always a very confrontational person. Like, you know, if you wanted to debate, all right, let's debate. You want to fight? Okay, let's fight. But Jesus, I mean, dude, he had, I mean, just everybody coming after him. You know, I mean, and and especially, you know, all, all these church leaders, you know, I mean, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, I mean, even the people that were, you know, 
like learning from those guys. They were like, who are you? Yeah. You know, and, and they even tried to test him. And he's still just with patience and love. And I'm like, show me how to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where things started to, I guess, started to kind of pick up. And, and uh, my uh, one of my friends, you know, whenever I got sober the first time, I told him, I was like, dude, I want what you got. He's like, well, if you want what I have, then do what I do. And that's where it kind of kicked in, you know, with, with being a Christ follower. It's like, if I want what Jesus has... I got to do what he did. Granted, I may not have to go die on a cross, but, yeah. you know, love, patience, kindness, it's all super simple stuff. Granted, it's not the easiest at times, but, I mean, they're simple concepts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I want to be like Jesus, I got to do what Jesus did. I got to love how Jesus loved. I got to have patience like Jesus had. And that was kind of where things started to take off. And, I remember the day after I got saved, I went to band practice, which they were already kind of tired of me at this point anyway. But yeah, I went to band practice the next day and, and they were, you know, they were, they were like, oh, you know, see, you, see, you gave your life to Jesus. I'm like, yeah, yeah. As I'm rolling up a joint at the same time, cause I still didn't get, you know, I still didn't get it. Like I was, yeah, so I was kind of working through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when they were like, oh, you know, and. And then, you know, like the drummer, you know, he was even, he was even like, yeah, you know, you can't be, you can't be, you know, saying you're doing this and then doing that. And I'm like, but it's, it's a, it's a plant. Um, and I kind of got into that whole argument and, uh, you know, which, you know, later on down the line, you know, I started to kind of realize for me being the addict that I am knowing knowing what it does to me, knowing the distractions it causes, mm-hmm. knowing how, you know, it just bleeds my life of, you know, like wanting to spend time with my family, wanting to go do things with my friends, you know, it takes over my money. Like for me, it is most definitely like even taking a sip of a beer for me, it is most definitely a sin. Cause I know what it does to me. I know this. I've, yeah. I've been through it twice. Right. So, I mean, for me, it's like, I know what it does. I know what it leads to, you know, but in the mind of an addict, an alcoholic, you know, whenever they're actively using, they don't really see that. They're like, oh, this helps. And it's kind of a self-medication thing. Yeah. But for me, it just kind of got to the point where it was like, I can't keep doing this and live the life I want to live. And uh, so I quit drinking. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to smoke weed. And, and, uh. So I kept doing that for a while. Uh, even my little brother was living with me in my apartment. I'd moved back to Evansville at this point because mm-hmm. the guys got rid of me out of the band. I tried to stick around, and I kept telling God, I'm like, all right, if you really want me to come back to Evansville, just let me know. And, I mean, I was getting signs from everywhere. It's like, it, it was like, it was like you know, the, the Vegas Strip of godly <laughs> signs. Like, here you go. You were walking down that going, just yeah. let me know. Yeah, just yeah. Then <laughs> I finally was like, all right, if I don't, if I don't find a job by, I think it was like February 20-something, because I moved back on February 22nd, three years ago. So yeah. February 22nd, 2014. But I was like, all right, if I don't have a job by this point, then I'm moving back. Lo and behold, I didn't have a job at that point. Okay, I got it. Let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I'd moved back. And so I was, you know, going to church. You know, I was working working in the sound booth. And I don't know if the pastor knew or what. I don't think he knew because I was pretty good at hiding it. But, I mean, I was still going into church stoned every Sunday. Yeah. And uh, then there was one sermon 
Um, once again, I don't remember what it was because I was out of my mind. But I zoned out, you know, to the point that I was like, I had no clue what was going on. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is, this is starting to become a problem. Mm-hmm. So that night I went home and what little bit I had left, you know, I packed in my pipe and then I threw the rest in, in the toilet. And I was like, all right, God. And I was like, I'm just going to light up one more time and then I'm done. I'm done. And uh, I had this little coffee table that sat, I don't know, two feet off the ground. Not even that far. And it was, you know, a vinyl tile floor. So it wasn't like it was a concrete floor. Yeah. And uh, I went to pick it up off the table. And I don't I don't know what happened at this point. If I just had butterfingers or what. But I dropped it. It hit the floor and it shattered. <laughs> and that's that's when I was just like, okay, God, I'm done. I mean, I threw my hands up and was like, that's it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's whenever... That's whenever, you know, I kind of started going to meetings, you know, I hit up, I hit up my old sponsor and I was like, Hey, you know, could you, could you sponsor me? You know, cause he helped me a lot going through the 12 steps the first time. And, uh, which I'm not, I'm not one of those that, you know, believes that everybody has to go through the 12 steps to stay sober. For me, it worked cause it helped me to dig into the mess that I had made of my life mm-hmm. to make the amends that I needed to make you know, to put everything into a list so I could actually get it there almost like a almost like a spreadsheet of my life and actually look at it instead of just this jumbled mess. Like I mean, my fourth step was like an episode of hoarders in my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it helped me to kinda to clean house, I guess. And but that time whenever, you know, I got to the second step and they're like, Fine God, I was like Already found him. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Already got it. Done. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, being a Christian already going through it, like, it, it helps so much because it's like, you know, I, I, had, I had already for about three months before that had been kind of, I'd been tiptoeing the walk. I was, I can't say I was walking the walk. Yeah. But I was starting down the paths. But I don't slowly. think that, I'm sure that some people switch like just like that but i don't think honestly and truly when you come to christ i don't think you're magically healed yeah you have to and even in my life too there are things that i have stopped doing and didn't realize it until i was like oh hey i don't do that anymore um it's it grow it's growing you have to grow in the lord and it just doesn't this doesn't happen magically. I'd be leery of somebody if it did happen magically and they were suddenly changed. <laughs> I'd be watching for when they fall again. I mean, because you're going to. Yeah. So in this journey, you're, so you're now a Christian and you've, you've stopped all your bad habits. You're moving on from there. How your relationship with Christ, how does that, how has that helped you? Is, is he, is he like a rock that you lean on or does it, does it keep you straight or? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, my, my pastor in Illinois, cause I started going to a church there before I moved back and he always had this saying, you know, and he was like, he was like, God doesn't care what you do as long as you stay within the guardrails, the guardrails mm-hmm. being his word, his commandments, you know, as long as you just obey, you know, bear fruit, make disciples like we're told to in the great commission, you know, I mean, that's it's really not that difficult. It, I mean, it's not, 
I say it's really not. It's it's not a difficult concept. The concept, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah making it happen is a little hard. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he he'd always said, you know, just as long as you stay within the guardrails. Because I had this thing where, like, you know, like, you know, what is what is what is God's will for my relationship life? What is God's will for my work life? You know, and it's like, as long as I'm doing, you know, like like even where I work now, you know, I I work in a factory, mm-hmm. but. You know, about a couple months ago, you know, there was this guy, he was just, he was on my heart, you know, and I didn't, I didn't really follow through whenever I knew I should have talked to him. And then uh, one day I hit him up on Facebook and I was like, hey, you doing okay? You've been on my heart the last couple of weeks. And he's like, well, and he just goes through a whole list of stuff. And he's like, we can talk when we go to work. Yeah. So for an entire week, I'm trying to, you know, like get the chance to talk to him as busy as we were there. Because I was either on the opposite side of the plant or I was like working a really busy line. And I didn't have the chance. So then one Sunday, I'm on the way to work and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you know, just give me the opportunity to talk to this guy. Just make it happen, please, because I know he needs it. And I get to work, get out of my car, and it's quiet. I'm like, well, this is this is weird. Okay, I walk inside. It's quiet. It's never quiet there. Right. And uh, we start work at 8 a.m. Come to find out at 7:30, they blew a fuse in like the main the main like breaker outside, like you know the Vectran breaker. So there was no power. <laughs> we had no power. We were sweeping. It was the perfect opportunity. God was like, yes for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, it was just, you know, just being able to talk to this guy who, you know, always in my past, like my coworkers were my coworkers. I just kind of, I worked with them. You know, I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to make money. That's what I always said. Yeah. But I was able, you know, to actually, you know, show this guy love, you know, and just, hey, what's going on? You know, how are things in your life going? And I, you know, and I, I remember it right then and there, me and, you know, another guy at work who's a Christ follower, you know, I texted him, I'm like, hey, come over here. He's like, all right. And right then and there in front of everybody, we prayed for this guy. And I even heard, you know, one of the ladies from, I don't know, probably 20 feet away was like, amen. Like everybody <laughs> knew it was going on. Yeah. And ever since then, like, I wouldn't say there's been a revival at my job, but at the same time, I mean, there's people, you know, coming up to us, asking us questions. You know, we've had Bible talks, you know, out in like the smoke shack outside at work, awesome. you know, and it's just, it's gotten, it's gotten people to where, you know, they, they feel safe opening up, mm-hmm. which has been really cool. You know, I mean, I, I help out a lot, you know, with, with the youth at church, which I've never liked kids before, but since I got married, which I did after I became a Christian yeah. to a girl I actually met at church and it was actually when I stopped looking for a woman. <laughs> that's what, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, she's just, she's awesome, but she's got two sons, you know, mm-hmm. and the oldest son, he's never met his dad. So I kind of like, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm a dad. He calls yeah. me dad. So go out the stepping stone and I'll do the bridge group on Wednesday nights, which is where we kind of like answer the questions of, you know, the, the new people coming in, you know, the ones that are, you know, just in that spot that are just scared. But it's given me the opportunity to kind of not talk about a higher power and, you know, find your higher power. It's God, it's given me the opportunity to talk about the higher power, the God. Yeah. I mean, to the point that I've had a couple guys, they've gotten out, come to church with me and come, you know, check out church. And, you know, I've gotten to actually have, you know, like the gospel talk with them and which has been really cool because mm-hmm. I know just saying, hey, you know, you pick a card. That's that's kind of how it was for me before when they were like, yeah, find a higher power. I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll pick this one. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it, but yeah, it just didn't. But now being able to kind of help those guys when they get there. So with that higher power, you were you said you were looking and you said you looked into Islam and 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 the rest. Of, so what what for you or what made Jesus God? What what made Jesus true for you? How do you know that Jesus is, you know, the true God? For me, this time around, because wherever I looked, like Islam has a lot of rules. It's it, there, there's a little bit of love there. Um, Hinduism, they've got like a million different gods. So who the heck do you talk to? Yeah. Um, Buddhism was just kind of like it was just a teacher, not really somebody to lean on. But whenever it came to getting to know Jesus, it's like almost every question I had, there was an answer for it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It may take some time to look for it, but it was there. And just, I mean, for me, it was more, because I've always been a very, a very touchy-feely person. Like, I want to touch it. I want to feel it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, it was kind of being able to, being able to, like, feel, you know, the Holy Spirit. But I even got in, you know, to where, because uh, I've always been kind of like, the sciencey guy i'm like well the bible says this but evolution says this yeah and you know so i started to kind of look in into the scientific things because i'm like well you know if 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 i can disprove the old testament then i can disprove jesus because jesus talked a lot about the old testament he talked about adam he talked about moses Mm -hmm. you know he talked about noah and it's like so if i could if i could disprove that then, and so for me as a Christian, it wasn't really, it, it was me because I knew at some point in time these questions were going to co- were going to come up. Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to hit them head on, and that's what I did. You know, I started reading different literature. I started looking at you know, different science reports. You know, I took a, took a trip out to the Creation Museum, which as cheesy as I thought it would sound, they're actually really informative. The literature they have is. And that kind of got me looking into other stuff online. And I'm like, actually, this this makes sense. You know, they always talk about the Big Bang Theory. Oh, you know, stuff came out of nowhere. That sounds a lot like creation to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We talk about science in the Bible. I always try to persuade people to... The Bible isn't a science book. It's not meant to be. And when you start, you hear things like evolutionary theists. Don't associate yourself with scientific theories <laughs> and religion because we don't know it all and it's going to change. And when it change, when it changes, then they can say, that's a stupid Christian trying to make it work. And this wasn't true. And now Christianity is not true. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's not that important. Just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with uh, your experience with addiction and that sort of lifestyle that you have, you kind of a ministry in ways or what do you do you do some things to kind of help people with struggle with the same thing is that right yeah i uh I, like i said I, I do the bridge groups out at stepping stone um i generally you know uh, I, I i sponsor a few guys you know kind of kind of help them through the steps because i know for me you know going through that it was just kind of like oh you know pick a god and so for me i'm able and i i i warn everybody ahead of time i'm just like i'm a christian so we're going to be going through this by the Bible, because mm-hmm. not a whole a whole lot of people realize, but the twelve steps come from the Bible. Like they don't, you know, it's kind of been twisted and turned to fit, you know, what an alcoholic wants to hear, right? Because they don't want to hear God. 
They yeah. want to hear higher power. It's more sensitive and politically correct. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I I, I tell them just like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go through by the Bible, you know, and I don't necessarily go, you know, the celebrate recovery way and use everything, but I I kind of use that formula. Um, but yeah, you know, I just kind of help them to you know go through the steps the way I did to kind of you know clean house. Um, even even at church, I mean, there's been plenty of times where, you know, I've been called on to go talk to somebody that, you know, they, they know has, has a problem. I've been introduced to guys, and I've just kind of, because I know how it is. And yeah. I know, I mean, once that addiction gets, gets a hold of you, it, 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 it's a grasp that's extremely hard to break. I know I couldn't have done it without God. I mean, there's no question about it. Like, I mean, the first time I got sober, I did that by myself. It, it wasn't quality. It, it actually kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, doing it this time, you know, it's it's been a whole different experience. So I think, you know, and a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And then there's other people that talk about, like, oh, God cured me. I still, in my head, even as a Christian... I still, I still think of myself as a recovered alcoholic, but I'm still an alcoholic because at any point in time, right? At any point in time, it could come back. I've seen it, and it happens. So that's why I just don't even, I don't take a chance because yeah. I know where it goes. I, I know where that first beer is gonna take me, exactly, and so I yeah. just, I don't even test it. And I mean, for, I've been sober. It'll be three years at the end of this month, oh, okay. and uh, so I mean, for the last three years it's worked and yeah. if it works i'm gonna keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so <clears throat> you as an as, you as an addict as a as a former addict i should say so have you noticed uh, as far as churches or church gatherings or anything that do you get noticed do you get treated and for our everyone who's listening and doesn't know who jake is uh jake has a lot of tattoos and he has some earrings, so he looks like, uh, you know, your your rougher type of rock star. It looks guy. like a hoodlum. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, a, a sort of a hoodlum there. So do you do you experience like do people do people kind of walk on eggshells around you or or kind of try to relate when they can or, or anything uh, like that? I think like at at my church where I'm at. Um, I mean, the fact that, you know, I sing with the worship bands that, I mean, people get, you know, they get that glimpse of me. So they, you know, they, they get, cause me, I've always been the type, even whenever I was with my secular band, you know, it's like, you know, even, even whenever we did covers, you know, it's like, I felt the song, I sang the song like that was me. Granted, I may not have written the words, mm -hmm. but I mean, I expressed them as if I did. Cause you know, I mean, I'd listen to them, I'd read them, and same with the worship songs. So whenever I'm on stage singing Sunday mornings, like that's 100% me. I think when I go certain places, yeah, I do kind of get that cliche look, but I think God kind of uses it in kind of a reversal. Because especially you know, going to Catalyst Church, there's a lot of people that go there, you know, with with a history like mine. So whenever they see, you know this guy up on stage, you know, with his hands in the air worshiping God and he's covered in tattoos and, you know, shaved head and earrings. They're just kind of like, whoa, that's, that's different. Yeah. 
Or I can relate. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I or yeah, someone yeah. I can relate to. Yeah. I think the uh <clears throat> I think the sins and the paths the paths of life that we follow before we are actually converted or before we actually follow Jesus is uh, I think that those set us up for a ministry in his, in his work, you know, our experiences and how we can relate to different types of people and um it helps him work through us. Yeah. That's what it does. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for having me. Give a shout out real quick about your church and yes. invite people to have them come out to this awesome church. Yes. Catalyst Church. We meet every Sunday, 1045 a.m. And uh, we've actually got our block party coming up April 22nd. It's at 3232 Claremont Avenue. We're on the west side. It's actually an old bar, but it's not a bar anymore. There's not any stripper poles in there anymore. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's just we're just real people. We're just looking for a real God. We're just looking for the real answers. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just it's a group of a lot of cool people. A lot of it's a diverse group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got the block party coming up on the 22nd. You know, Easter Sunday we're doing two services. So. Come check us out. Come say hi to me. You'll probably know know me when you see me. (laughs) He's the creepy looking one. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot, Jake. I certainly appreciate it. And thank you for listening to A Real God. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us, share, tell everybody you know. We want to get the word out and help as many people as we can understand what they believe in and understand who this Jesus is. And as always, keep your mind sharp and your eyes on Jesus.